0: All right, now we are in Christmas 2021. Could you please turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter two? And we begin with our gift of Christmas is a gift of a kidney. Uh, On the overhead here is Rebecca Quigley. Uh, Her and her husband Patrick would love to fellowship in this church. Uh, Whenever they were on Oahu, they used to own a house in Mokuliaia, so they were here quite a bit. And I wanna give you a condensed version. Of some emails between me and Rebecca over the last two plus years. So it's a very condensed version. Email number one is from Rebecca, Sunday, November 17th, uh, 2019, so just over two years ago. And this is what she says I wanted to come up and get prayer from you after church today, but you had mentioned you had a sore throat. I wanted you to know that at age 62, I recently found out that I have. 11 to 12% kidney function. I've been told that if I contact a cold or flu that my body might go into kidney failure. So sadly, even shaking hands in church is not something I do anymore. Most likely, next year, 2020, I'll start kidney dialysis. And I'm currently on a transplant, transplant wait list, which I'm very apprehensive about. My mom had the same thing. She had to wait seven years for a kidney. She said, uh, uh, there are a lot of challenges, and I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. I just wanted to reach out for you for prayer. So here's my response more than seven weeks later. She sent it to an email I don't use, and so I hadn't seen it. I, oh, sorry, I just saw this for the first time. Hey, any updates, you know, just um, any prayer requests or, or praise reports? So then uh, here's her, her response very, that very same day. And she said this, I, um, thanks for responding. Tomorrow I have early morning surgery at Kaiser here in town to do fistula, which is, uh, which connects my vein to my arm, to a, I'm sorry, my vein in my arm to an artery. Uh, then it takes about two weeks for that to mature before you can do dialysis. Uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm on a kidney transplant list, which can take up to seven years. Sometimes it's much better to bring your own living donor into the picture. The problem is trying to find someone willing. They also need to have my blood type, which is O positive. I guess it's pretty rare. And they have to have a good kidney function. So uh, pray that, uh, although I forgot about the test. They have to do a full body analysis, so it's a lot of probing and Embarrassing stuff. And she goes, but pray that someone would be willing to donate. You know, you're reading it, I'm thinking, I like my kidneys where they are, in my body. You know, so to give up one of them would be uh, pretty much a sacrifice. She said, there's so many unknowns at this time, but I'm truly trusting in our Lord Jesus. If all goes, now this is what kills me. I'll see you in church on Sunday. I thought, I am such a wimp. I might be thinking I got enough issues going on, I won't be in church. So then I write to her uh, January 22nd, 2020. So still just nearly uh, two, two years ago. Any updates? And this kind of thing, we go back and forth a lot. Okay? Uh, she responds that same day, always very quick on her part. Uh, Thanks for checking in. I had my fistula surgery in preparation for future dialysis. My plan is to hang in there naturally as long as I can without dialysis or the transplant. I'm not, look at this, I'm not ready to give up and neither is my mighty lord and savior. Still searching for a transplant donor since for my type it can take 10 years for O positive. So then I write back, now I don't know what to say. I don't know, maybe you guys are quick to, I'm really slow on my feet, I'm the type that goes away going, oh, I should have said this, or I should not have said that, and and I just don't know the answers. Uh, But it reminded me, seriously, I'm sitting at my computer looking at a a screen, and, and what am I supposed to say? And I thought back, in a weird way, to when my son was on four drugs, high as a kite, hearing voices, and late one night shot a, a gal and killed her, a mom who had 10 kids. Now, Karen and I, the rest of the family, were on the mainland at the time. We had just gone to Disneyland the day before. And so here we are getting word from, the, from here that, hey, your son killed somebody. And Pastor Chuck Smith, who char- was in charge of all the Calvary chapels, calls me on my cell. And I thought, what is he supposed to say? We, you know, we just got some answer for a situation like this. So I basically knew he doesn't know what to say. But he quoted a scripture. And it's a scripture you're familiar with in Romans. We know that God uses all things to work together for good for those who love him. And it's, it's, it's weird because I received it because I knew it's a scripture, it's true. God's word is true. It's, let every man be found a liar, but God will be found true. And so I, I received it. So I'm thinking, okay, I, I'm going to have to give her a scripture. And so this is what I, I quote most of the this short email. Your life of hanging in there is incredible. I, I'm sure you'll be quick to give the Lord the credit. How does anyone live without him? I'm sure you, that his mercies are new every morning, and at times you feel as though you're being carried by his everlasting arms. But on the other hand, in James, in the New Testament, James chapter 5, verse 11, talks about the perseverance of Job. And truly, you're living that. You're living perseverance day by day. But may the rest of the verse also be true for you, that you will see, and then the quote, the end, after all the perseverance, the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And I signed by saying, just may God bless you as only he knows how. Humans can bless only so much. God can bless way more. So we'll speed it up almost two years. A week ago Friday, on uh, December 10th, 2021, she's, she writes this, God is amazing. Watch this. I received a new kidney yesterday and I'm doing good so far, I'm doing great so far. My nephew was my donor and I'm so grateful. See it's weird, she knows she needs a kidney. That's undeniable. It'd be foolish to say, "I I don't have any needs. But then it'd be wrong to receive a kidney and not be gracious, not be thankful. She goes, I am so grateful please pray there's no rejection that my body doesn't reject the kidney and my body can adapt god bless rebecca quigley so here's the moral of the story be nice to your nephew (laughs) he might save your life someday right the real moral is praise god from whom all blessings flow here's the deal before we go any further i'm wondering If anyone here has that James 5 11 that you're going through right now that it's you if you're going how long am I supposed to go through this trial that kid is driving me crazy my spouse is right my job my co-workers my whatever is just driving me nuts and you're finding you need perseverance I pray this morning seriously that The rest of the verse would be true that you will see the end intended by the Lord as you persevere that he is very compassionate and merciful so back to our kidney story you go well you know that's a really strange title for a Christmas sermon I agree the gift of a kidney but here's the deal Rebecca needed a a gift of a kidney right again there's no denying it. It'd be foolish for her to say, I don't, I don't have any needs. Yeah, you do. Everybody knows it. And, and so the, the thing is good luck finding a match. It took her years. She was prepared to take 10 years looking for the right match. They, number one, they had to have the right blood type. So a lot of people were disqualified instantly. Uh, number two, they had to have a good kidney to give, like a spare tire, I guess. You know, yeah, I got two of them. You can have one. And then they needed to be willing to be inspected. You see how this matches up with us and Jesus? The Passover lamb, Jesus, had to be inspected before he was sacrificed, before the lamb went under the knife. It had to make sure he was born perfect and lived perfect or else he was rejected as a sacrifice. But finally, he must be willing to go under the knife. and, and, and Not just that, but for you. It's one thing, yeah, I'll go under the knife for a movie star, somebody famous, somebody can reward me, but no, 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 this is personal. You had to find someone who would do it for you. Jesus Christ fits all of these categories. Jesus Christ had to become a man to relate to us. Jesus Christ had that kidney to give, he had a life to give. Jesus Christ went through the inspection Jesus Christ went under the knife for for us. Now, the great story, but what's it got to do with Christmas? Here's the deal. You might not need a new kidney, but you need a new heart. You need the gift of forgiveness. That's what Christmas is all about. She needed a kidney. Not everybody knows or is convinced they need forgiveness. There's a lot of people, I have no sin. I don't need it. The problem when you're convinced, I have a need, the gift of forgiveness, Good luck finding a match. There's only one, his name is Jesus Christ. Christmas, now Christmas has a lot of traditions I don't agree with. I'm not here to debunk Santa Claus or any of that. What I like about Christmas is it gives us an opportunity to rehearse God's gift of forgiveness to you and I. I use it as an opportunity to build bridges to talk about our Lord jesus christ as isaiah says for unto us a child is or a son is given meaning it's a gift that we need to receive so christmas is this week i was thinking when i write this i go is anybody gonna go it is it's december yeah hello the 19th it's this week so i read this once about two kids two teenagers and one asked the other hey what did you get for christmas and the teenager goes, my brother gave me a new car for Christmas. <laughs> Man, I never had a brother like that. And so the, the first guy goes, wow, I wish I could be a brother like that. You see, you thought I was going to say, I wish I could have a brother like that. No, the idea is I wish I could be a brother like that. Do you ever get an embarrassing gift in front of other people? They go, I, I, I don't need this, you know. How about the, the, you get this book? And it's a book on you can overcome anger management, and you go, I don't need this. And everybody in the room, please read it, take the course, six-year course just for you. Or you open up another one. Uh, even you can can sing in tune. You go, I don't need this. <laughs> please, you can't even hum in tune. You know, just. But how, how about this? God gives you a gift, and it's it's forgiveness. It's embarrassing. It means you did wrong. You're not perfect. You're in sin. That's what it is, it's like, we, it's a gift. But it, it, to, to receive it, you have to admit, I'm a sinner. She needed a kidney. I need the gift of forgiveness. And so again in Isaiah, for unto us, remember Handel's Messiah, for unto us, a child is born, a son is given. All right, so there's this four part series. By the way, long intro, short sermon, okay? We're not landing the plane right now, but we're close. Four-part ser- sermon series. Two weeks ago, Fulton shared on the Grinch, how the Grinch steals Christmas and what you can do about it to bring it back. Last week, Danny shared on Matthew chapter 1 when Mary and Joseph had this surprise, wait a minute, you're pregnant, but it's, it's just, you're going to blame this on God? And here's Mary going, yeah, you know, God's doing something really embarrassing in my life and It's going to take time for people to understand But in the meantime, I'm going to trust him and walk obediently. So uh, today we're going to do Matthew 2 uh, The beginning of it now Matthew 2 skips it happens after the birth of Christ Uh, He's probably a couple years old It calls him the child not the infant in Matthew two, he skips the journey from, uh, from Nazareth down to uh, Bethlehem, probably up to 90 miles. Pregnant woman, rough territory. There's no H3 or H2. All right, and this is what's weird. Matthew even skips the part of the innkeeper. You know the innkeeper. Oh, I, had no, I think the innkeeper gets a bad rap. I think if you were him, I went. We'd go. Yeah, I tried it's flat out there's nothing the innkeeper blew it though he missed this opportunity to have the ultimate advertisement you can stay where the Messiah was born you know you can live you can be in the same room where Joseph and Mary were two gazillion dollars a night whatever you know just you can do this and he blew it But he did what he could. The bottom line, this is what's happened. God the Father wanted the world to know, there's no privileged son here. Anybody can relate to what Jesus went through. So with that, we come to Matthew chapter 2. Just one through three for the beginning. Now after Jesus was born, I'm reading from the New King James Bible. After he was born in Bethlehem, now that was fulfillment of a prophecy. Bethlehem of Judea, they... In the days of Herod, notice the king. He's a king. Behold, wise men from the east. Now, people think there was three wise men because there were three gifts given. We don't know how many wise men there were. But evidently, there's quite an entourage of people. I mean, when these guys showed up, the entire city of Jerusalem goes, whoa, what's going on? Who are these people? So the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where's he who's been born king? Wait a minute, another king? King of the Jews. You know you're in Jewish country, right? Where's he who's been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. So this is what's going on. Here's King Herod going, "Ah, I don't need another king. I'm my own king. Do you know, how, you know how hard I work to get here? Do you know how much I deserve to be here? Do you know how much I sacrificed? Listen, I don't want anybody telling me what's right or what's wrong. I don't want anybody judging me. Okay, I'm my own king. I don't need another one. I feel threatened by this guy. Who is it? You see, what we have here is the two kingdoms about to collide. King Herod, King Jesus. Who's going to win? So King Herod represents the world. King Herod represents those who want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. They they just want, you know, no, I'm happy, alone, all by myself, I don't need him, I don't need him telling me what's right and what's wrong. We have the same stuff going on here on the North Shore. I need to preface this with everyone I'm about to talk here, I love, I love. Here we have, this, some of you brought this to my attention this week so I thought I have to share on it, uh, this week's uh, North Shore News, okay? This is, uh, as you can see, December 15th, 2021, uh, and the article is on page two. North Shore Koolau Diversity Diversity Collective supports lesbians, gays, bisexuals, trans, queers plus Visibility acceptance and inclusion now. I'm just going to quote Some of uh, some of it besides the opening that part and this part. Okay now They come out with their agenda. I have I have nothing against North Shore News by the way I know the owner Linda. We've worked together many times. I love her. I just think she's reporting something. Okay So here's here's what they say um, Oh before it gets to that the opening in, in communities across the North Shore and Kualau region, there are still those who actively promote the misguided and harmful notion that LGBTQ plus individuals are not deserving of dignity, uh, respect, and love, let alone the human or the civil and human rights uh, due to all. Okay, that's not me. That's not me. I teach every person is created in the image of God. Every person has a soul that will live forever in one of two places, heaven or hell. So I'm, I'm up for all, all kinds of people. But then it goes, uh, the article goes further. We will work together to ensure that the region that we call home is visibly welcoming, inclusive, and supportive of LGBTQ plus individuals and steadfast in opposing Bigotry. Did they just judge me? Bigotry, disrespect, silence, and invisibility. Meaning, they're not saying you can't have the option of watching from the sideline and being quiet. They want your approval. They want your verbal okay. They want what Romans 1 ends with. Those who do these things also applaud those who do it. So they want... They're saying if you don't do what they want, evidently you're a bigot, you can't be invisible. You have to be visibly promoting their lifestyle. Basically, this is a bit rough, asking to go back to Sodom and Gomorrah, which God judged radically, convincingly. It goes on, over the days and years ahead, we will uh, make concerted efforts to promote positive understanding of acceptance and belonging and will be, notice this, unabashed in holding accountable uh, those whose words, preaching, teaching, does this sound like church to you? We're gonna hold you accountable. If I'm preaching or teaching or have actions that foster an environment that is exclusionary, uh, uh, abusive, and unsafe, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But how is that not bullying? I wanna show you something in a second. Here's my response, I I don't preach hate. I don't think you should either. I think it's uh, counterproductive. It's not Christ-like. Jesus said, love your enemies. He said, pray for those who persecute you. We're not here to talk about hate, okay? Here's the problem. As a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, remember when, before Jesus ascended into heaven, He's telling Peter, you're gonna die. Peter goes, what about him? Went to John and Jesus said, don't worry about him. Remember what he said, you follow me. That's a call on your life as a believer. You follow Jesus Christ. Now, as a follower, we are called to be salt and light. Salt stings. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. That's salt. So whenever you mention the word homosexual or lesbian, there, invariably, there's a, a, a group that will say, oh, but we love them. I, it's not about loving them. I, I, and, I, and they're very convincing, they're very compassionate. I get that. But my question is, are you salt? Are you light? We're gonna go over a scripture that really draws the line of where people go. You know, people want to, just want to quote Jesus in the, you know, love one another and, and the Sermon on the Mount. Do you know what the end of the Sermon on the Mount is? When Jesus goes, you know, broad is the way to destruction and many go that way. Narrow is the way to eternal life and only a few go that way. Do you believe that? Because that's a verse where it stirs compassion in me that I, I have the solution in Jesus Christ. I want to be salt, I want to be light. I don't want to just be like, oh well, I'm okay, you're okay. I just want them to know that I love them. That's not enough for me, it's not enough. He's called you to be salt, called you to be light. In Ephesians it says, expose the darkness, all right? Now, how would it sound if I use their same wording, but then just substitute it, instead of the LGBTQ plus agenda, I'll just quote what the bible says do you you see what i'm saying i'm just going to use what they say and just insert my belief instead of theirs so here's their agenda from north shore news and instead of that now we're going to go okay north shore bible believing people christians not just this church anyone anyone who's a north shore bible believing christian we will work together i think we should we'll work together to ensure that Uh, The region we call home is visibly welcoming, inclusive, and supportive. But instead of LGBTQ, we're gonna say of what the Bible says. That's what we're doing. We're using their words, substituting our belief system. And we'll be steadfast in opposing bigotry, disrespect, silence, and invisibility. Don't you think I'm gonna be called a bigot? Don't you think I'm gonna be called an idiot? I'm just using their terminology, all right? Then you quote what the Bible says. I didn't write this stuff. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Okay, do you believe that? Or do you, some fantasy that everybody goes to heaven? Jesus said he's the only way to the Father. All right, so it goes on, don't be deceived. Now that's an impassioned, that's passionate appeal. Guys, don't be deceived, meaning it's so easy to be deceived. Don't be deceived. And then he starts listing sins. Fornication is the first one. Sexual sin. Idolaters, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetousness, or covetous drunkards, revilers, or extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? Then it goes on. Here's the good news. Such were some of you, past tense, meaning, wow, I, I'm guilty of some of those sins. Am I going to hell? Such were some of you, but you were washed. You were washed. That's the goodness. You were, you, you, you were sanctified. You were set apart for God. You were justified in the name of, our Lord Jesus, of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God, meaning you received God's gift of forgiveness back to the kidney, She knew she needed the gift of a kidney. Do I know I need the gift of forgiveness? These people received the gift of forgiveness. Now, but then I add their words. I just want you to see how troubling this this, uh, newspaper article is. And if you are raising kids on this North Shore, this is your future. This is your kids facing it on a daily basis, all right? So. I'm going to add the words, instead of their agenda, I'm just going to say Bible-believing Christians. Over the days and years ahead, we'll make concerted efforts to promote positive understanding, acceptance, belonging, and uh, unab- we'll be unabashed in, in uh, holding accountable those whose words, preaching, teaching, and actions uh, foster uh, an environment that is exclusionary, uh, abusive, and unsafe. All I did was quote what they're saying to show them the um, opposite side. I feel this is very one-sided on their part. I'm not here to make war. I'm not here to promote hatred. I'm here to be salt. I don't get off on talking like this. I'm here to be salt. And it's not my truth. It's his truth we're proclaiming. You love, folks, how many are going to heaven because you were salt in their lives, because you received this good news and you wanted to pass it on to others so you, you go okay now do you think they're gonna they they have an agenda it's stated publicly not in la not in new york city this is in north shore sunset waimea haleiwa wailua Mokalea. this is where we live do you think they're gonna stop you think they're going to want to go into our public schools and demand that this be taught as a lifestyle but here's another question watch this if they do will they be will they mind if we equally teach the bible because they are diametrically opposed but what's happening is this collision of two kingdoms king herod king jesus who's going to win You'll bow to one of them. And King Herod says, don't you judge me. Don't you tell me what's right and what's wrong. I'll decide that for myself. So from there we go to the that they knew the scriptures. So again in, in Matthew 2, beginning in verse 4. And he, uh, When he, when the King Herod heard this, he was troubled. No, I'm sorry, I went back to verse 3. He heard this, all Jerusalem was troubled with him. So the whole city was going, what is going on? So when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, where's the Christ going to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are, are, are not least, uh, are not, I'm sorry, the least uh, among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So, they know the scriptures. They could have won a scripture memorization course in Sunday school. Uh, we, we've seen such things where kids know the man, they know the word of God, but they haven't digested it. It hasn't gone below the surface at all. I was once uh, witnessing in Wahiwa. We used to go every Friday night, this church did. And we'd meet at that health food store, McDonald's, and uh just pray and then go out two by two and it was amazing uh the fruit that we saw one guy named tom is now a calvary chapel pastor back in in uh, new jersey he was in the army when we met him on the street there and what's cool is he's had me over to new jersey to speak at his church calvary chapel over there but one night i'm talking to a prostitute and i would start a scripture and she'd finish and I'd started and she finished. I mean before and she knew it faster than me. And I finally said, Girl, what are you doing? You know the word of God. What are you doing out here selling your body? She said, God knows I need a new wardrobe. And I said, and this is how He's providing it? I think God has better for you. Well, at that point, her pimp came out of a pool hall with his pool cue, just hitting his hand with it. I'm smart. We're done. <laughs> He said is there a problem here no problem just spreading the good news she knew the Word of God she could quote it faster and better than I could she didn't obey it it didn't reach her heart so here in this part of Scripture we see they knew the answer where's he gonna be born everybody knows that that's Sunday school chapter you know grade two it's in Bethlehem so then he goes uh, do we know We do the same thing, maybe not with scriptures But with Christmas songs Now see when I was growing up I don't know about you guys But when I was growing up I guess it's back in the dark ages But in junior high especially Every year Sounds like I was there for 17 years But in junior high every year We did a Christmas play In public school We sang all the Christmas songs It was just normal We weren't offending, everybody was into it. And and so we'd get up there and sing songs like, God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ your savior was born on Christmas day. Do you ever see the next word, the next phrase? To save us all from Satan's power. How creepy is that when we are gone astray? We sang it all the time. I didn't picture myself as a slave of sin I didn't picture myself being led around by the nose by Satan himself, but that's what this song is singing. Praise God. He gave us this gift to set us free from Satan's power. We sang it all the time, but it's like we're blinded to the meaning. People have that with scriptures. They know. They could even recite Jesus is the way, truth, and life. But it's just like they're blinded to the meaning of it. So then he said, here's King Herod, well, let's pretend we're going to worship. So beginning in verse 7. Then Herod, that's the king, when when he had secretly called the wise men. (laughs) Did you ever see that before? Psst, over here. Determined from them what what time the star appeared. And he sent them back to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. See, he's not a baby. And when you found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also okay now wait we know from later on in this chapter specifically verses 16 through 18 he's not going to worship Jesus he's trying to kill him you know that he he realized oh those wise men didn't come back to me so i'm going to kill every kid over there 2 years old and under see there are people who will do anything to silence Jesus Christ, even murdering innocent babies. And and so we, we know where his heart is. I feel competition from Jesus, I don't want him, I'm just gonna silence him. It's not the only time in the Bible people did this. Remember Lazarus? Lazarus, come forth, he's risen from the dead. And right away people are celebrating. His sisters were pretty stoked, Martha and Mary, Then others were going, let's kill Lazarus why why would you because he's proving Jesus's power he's proving Jesus can resurrect the dead so let's just get rid of the proof that's that's that people that just will do anything to try and silence Jesus Christ so how do people pretend to worship today because he goes oh let me know where this Jesus is so I can come and worship really King you're gonna get on your knees gonna sing worship songs raise your hands You're gonna change your life No. <laughs> how do people do it today they don't surrender to Jesus they try to add Jesus to their life uh, you know, I you know I have room for I I go to church once a month I, I you know I, I can I can do this and or, or they kind of tailor make Jesus to fit their their lifestyle they don't take him at his word and, and let him change them from the inside out. They say, no, 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 my Jesus. Wait, what do you mean, my Jesus? How about the Jesus of the Bible is the one I love? But when they say, well, my Jesus, right, you lost me. You lost me. That's, let's pretend to worship. So then we end our scriptures today. Matthew 9, or Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. When they heard the king... That's now we're back to the magi, the wise men. They departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east, went before them. We just yeah, I've read all kinds of stuff about the star. It just seems to be some miraculous appearing, I don't know. just God provided a way for them to meet Jesus. I think if you're after truth, God provides a way for you to meet Jesus. So the star which they had seen in the east before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. So it's not in the manger anymore. When they saw the star, they rejoiced uh, with exceedingly great joy. I read that this morning and I thought, when's the last time I came to church with exceedingly great joy? I'm going to worship the King of Kings. Let's do that. And when they had come into the house, They saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. How do you picture that? There's these dudes. Okay, these are the dudes. They come to town in Jerusalem, the big capital, and everybody goes, "Dude, who are these guys? Something's going on." And now these guys enter a room and there's maybe a two-year-old kid, and they fall down in the face. What's taking place? This is life-changing we are surrendering, we are submitting to Jesus Christ. And they opened their treasures, presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, you've probably heard this before, gold is worthy of a king. That gold came in really handy because Joseph and Mary had to flee to Egypt, and now they had money to to go with them to provide. Frankincense, It speaks of having a relationship. It was offered during prayer. So it's talking about communion with God, developing uh, relationships. You, You see, some people are willing to give their gold. They don't want any relationship. They don't want something daily. And then myrrh, to prepare Christ for his death. That's what you gave people who died. So, let's go back to this gift of kidney. Strange title for a Christmas sermon. Remember Rebecca? She needed a gift of a new kidney. Good luck finding the donor. Remember there's four things, had to have the right blood type, good kidney to give, willing to be inspected, and willing to be cut, willing to sacrifice for you. And it's a great story. What's it got to do with Christmas? You might not need a gift of a new kidney, hopefully, but we all need the gift of forgiveness. That's what it's all about. She knew, I need this kidney, or I look at a terrible life of dialysis and then death. She knew it. Not everybody knows they need forgiveness, the gift of forgiveness. Here's the problem. Once you realize you need the gift, good luck finding such a one who will fit the, the qualifications jesus christ that's why he goes i am the way the truth the light no one goes to the father but by me why he's the only one that meets those qualifications and was willing to say father not my will your will be done so christmas again is a great season to reach out to people and tell them the good news and have fun doing it for unto us a child, a son is given. Okay. This is the worship team can come up at this point. Was it does it startle you to think of it like, wait, there's another king? I mean, I'm ready to receive the gift of forgiveness. I'm not ready to bow. <laughs> I'm not gonna worship. There's another king. Yeah, there's there's a king Jesus and in your heart there's this King Herod. <laughs> who wants to rule and wants nobody to tell him what to do and want nobody to judge me and just leave me alone. And there's this, the the kingdoms can collide. You, You don't want that. So instead, let's really worship him. I mean, really worship him. Did you receive his gift? I'm thinking you did. Is he your top priority? Did you add Jesus to your lifestyle? Or surrender your lifestyle to Jesus? Here's, here's what, joy to the world. We sing that song, the Lord has come, let earth receive her King, King Jesus, not King Herod. Let every heart prepare him room. Back to the innkeeper, he didn't have room, do you? Do you have room? No, oh, he had sit in a corner, no, surrender. How about this one? God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Ending with the favorite, the best Christmas song ever. You've heard this story. I was in third, fourth grade. We had just moved to Kansas in Overland Park and my brother had joined the choir. He was older than me. And I got to go to midnight mass with my mom. And all of a sudden, the choir, they had a choir loft in the back of the church. And they sang the song I'd never heard before. And all I did was turn and face my brother in the choir. It was the best song I ever heard. And it sounded, I don't use this word a lot, glorious. Oh holy night, the stars are brightly shining the night of our dear savior's birth long lay the world in sin don't don't miss that and error pining meaning we're just getting wasted away till he appeared and the soul felt its worth fall on your knees